long ago, in humanity's darkest moment, when we were moving away from our Creator, when paradise was lost, in that very terrible moment, God spoke and promised that he would come and rescue us, heal us, and restore us. Much later, in one of the greatest of all mysteries, God announced through a prophet that he was actually coming for that rescue as a human being. <laughs> as a human being. And he even gave himself a name, Emmanuel, God with us. And scripture says at just the right time, that's exactly what happened. Luke's gospel, chapter 2, describes that moment. It says that at that time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Friends, this wasn't a fairy tale. This was an actual moment in history. And all had to return to their own ancestral homes to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. It's about 150 kilometers. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. And she gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging for them available. This is the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, a promise from long ago becomes a very real and human story that all of us here can relate to. I mean, here is a family experiencing what you and I experience. Maybe you've gotten a letter from a visa office or some official letter that, that requested that you come there at a certain day and a certain time. And you had to arrange your schedule because there wasn't any discussion. You had to be there. Well, that's what happened here. And, and it was unexpected and it certainly wasn't a time that they would have liked to have traveled. <laughs> and then, I mean, 150 kilometers, and they didn't take an Uber. They probably rode on an animal. Or perhaps Mary even walked. And then when they got there, everyone else had to be there at the same time. So there was no hotel space. And then of all times, babies don't ask, when's the right time to be born? Some of you mothers can shout, amen. <laughs> they come on their own schedule. And so at the very worst time, that was again out of their control, 
Jesus was born. And then, have you ever heard this? And then it just got a little worse. There was no hospital. And instead, Jesus is born, it seems, among animals where they were. See, all of it was unplanned. All of it was not what they were expecting. And it's a reminder for all of us. I'm talking to some of you right now that are going through things in your life that you didn't plan on. In fact, you're hoping it never would have happened this way. I mean, the, the, the types of things that we all experience, the unexpected things, are just something we expect in life. And here is exactly what is happening in the Christmas story. And I want you to think of this. In all of the craziness of that moment, all of those people there in Bethlehem, and they're off in some stable somewhere having a child. The Son of God, Jesus Christ, who Scripture tells us left the authority and power and beauty and perfection of heaven. Jesus, the one who spoke the worlds into existence, comes into our world instead where his first touch is being born through a woman's body and then being held in her arms. See, there's great power in a human touch. I was talking some time ago with a couple. We were sitting across from each other, and as we were talking, the, the wife was leaning over to her husband once in a while, and I don't think she was even thinking about it, but she would take the back of her hand and just brush his cheek. And it was a, it was a picture of appreciation and affection. And I could look in her husband's face, because I noticed it, and he was glowing. So he was feeling appreciated. All of that from a simple touch. See, touch is important to all of us. They've done studies of babies in orphanages. And they actually did a study where when there was an extra 15 minutes a day of being physically held, eye contact, and also voice spoken to an infant, that the babies that that happened to were sick less often, grew faster and stronger than those who were not held. And they've done further research that the, the, the contact skin to skin that takes place between a mother and a child, the more of that that takes place as they track those of us who grow up, it seems that we are healthier. We are emotionally stronger and more capable of connecting and making attachments with others. In other words, we grow into adulthood being able to have healthier relationships and are more capable of coping in life. Again, all through a touch. What an amazing thing. And it reminds us that we all need touches. We can't do without it. And I'd like to remind you as we think about that, just for this moment, and as we picture it there on that first Christmas day, that we are coming into a time of spending special times with our families, with friends, 
over this Christmas season. And can I remind you of just what a gift your touch can be to others. And you know, it goes beyond skin to skin, this gift of touch. It's amazing how we can touch one another's feelings, how we feel about something, our emotions, the very depths of our souls by not just a physical touch, but simply by our words. In fact, the scripture says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. In other words, we can speak life into others. And when our tone and our words are gentle and kind, they create a sense of security. Nothing like that is more important for small children, by the way. But they create a sense of warmth and you feel good about yourself. And ultimately, they inspire hope. And it's the exact opposite when it comes to a harsh tone or an angry tone. When I hear people talking that way regularly, it's a reminder of what they probably heard themselves spoken to them. You see, that reveals a significant dynamic to this issue of touch that you and I are products of what has touched us. And what ends up touching us, we usually end up touching in others' lives. So this human experience of having unexpected things we can't control and the beauty of human touch, these were the ways God chose to send his son into the world. And and it's a fair question to ask, why did he do it that way? I mean, this is the God of the universe. He could have sent his son to stand above the earth and arranged so that every single human being on this planet could all see him and hear him at once without cable TV or satellite and hear him in our own mother tongue and hear the Son of God declare over all of us what we deserve to hear. It is time to turn around, to repent and come back to myself and the Father. You have created darkness in the world because of the darkness in each of you. It is time. But he didn't do that. In fact, the very opposite. There in that busy town where census was being taken, no one knew. And the only announcement that was given was to some shepherds outside of town. They weren't allowed in. They were kind of like untouchables. They were smelly, and people didn't want shepherds in the city. And that's where God chose to announce his coming. And so what I want you to think about is that in the same way that God came to touch all of us, and see, that's what I believe he did it that way for. There was no other way for God to come as close to you and I 
than to come as a human being and experience everything that we experience. In other words, there's no unexpected thing that you've ever encountered. Maybe you're going through it right now. There's no unexpected event that he hasn't experienced. In in other words, what I'm telling you, listen, everything that touches us, touch Jesus. And some of you might say, yeah, but Steve, I don't think Jesus' parents ever yelled at him or called him worthless like the home where I grew up. I don't think Jesus was ever abused by an alcoholic father, beaten and pushed around. I I don't think that Jesus was abused, sexually abused by a trusted member of my family, but I was. And can I just remind you, dear friends, that Jesus' first touch was the loving touch of a mother. But in the final hours of his life, the touch that he received was soldiers' hands, slapping him, punching him in the face, pushing a crown of long thorns deeply into his head. They probably never came back out. And then later, those same hands of the soldiers took up whips and ripped his back to shreds and then took long nails and pounded them through his hands into his feet and lifted him up on a criminal's cross. And as he died, his final touch was a spear piercing his side. And again, we can ask, why did that happen? God chose to send Jesus to crush him with a touch to bring a sacrifice that God could receive in our place. We deserve that touch. We deserve that crush for turning away from God, from creating what we see in our world, what you struggle with when no one's around. In the very depths of our soul, there needs to be healing, a healing that only God could bring. And he chose to do it by sacrificing Jesus. And so what I want us to think about today is as we see in the story, we can't control what's touched us, the events around us. We, we can't, not always. And it was the same for Jesus' family. But as soon as Jesus was born, they were able to begin to love him and touch him in ways that every child deserves. And it was a beautiful thing because as he grew up, he began to touch others. In fact, Jesus changed every person that he touched. He brought sight to blind people. He brought the dead back to life through his touch. And now, 
in the same way, we may not be able to control what happens, but we can decide what we allow to influence what has touched us. Because Jesus is here right now, and he wants to touch us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And again, you could ask, well, Steve, how's that possible? How how can Jesus touch us? How can he touch me? He's not here. That's true. In fact, he's in heaven, continuing to touch us by praying for each of us because he absolutely knows in the very depths of who you are, all your feeling. Every touch that's been made, both good and bad, he knows. But here's why I say he's touching us physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Right before he went back to heaven, he told his followers an amazing thing. He said, you are going to do through your touch greater things than me. And this is the one who raised the dead. And he explained, as I go, the Holy Spirit is going to come. And he's going to live in you. And he's going to be my spirit now in each of you. And you're going to become my hands and feet. And that's what happened. And they went out and touched the world. And it's never been the same. And the fact that we are all here together is proof that Jesus is still touching the world. And now he wants to touch you and bring complete restoration and healing so that you can now go out and begin to touch others in the same way. And I'm here to tell you, he did that in my life. He touched me. He restored me. He continues to touch me day to day. And I'm talking to many of you who know that touch. So I want to just encourage you in your heart, right where you're seated now, just kind of lifting up your hands. Oh, Lord, touch me today. Touch me today. He's willing. And it'll change your life. Pray with me. Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus, that he became our sacrifice, that you crushed him and allowed him to die so that we can be made whole and live forever. And we thank you for what you did at the cross for us, Lord. We thank you that you know everything about us. You're our perfect rescuer and our forever friend. And we thank you for that. With your heads bowed, in a moment of meditation, before we close our service, perhaps I'm talking to some of you that would say, yes, Lord, I need that touch. Maybe you had it at a time in the past, but you've walked away from God. I want to give you the opportunity right where you're seated to pray just this simple prayer with me. And I want you to just speak it out into your life. Jesus, touch me today. 
I give you my life. Let me pray it again with you. Pray this from your heart. Jesus, come and touch me today. I give you my life. And if you've prayed that prayer, right where you're seated, I'm here to tell you that that touch is happening right now. And it will keep on happening. And it will never stop for as long as you live in Jesus' name. And so if you've just prayed that sincerely, I'd like you, as I close, I'm going to pray. I want to pray for all of you. If you've done that, just quietly lift your hand where you are or, or make it bold. Say, Steve, I prayed that prayer. I prayed that prayer. Yes, yes. Thank you. I see, see a lot of you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put them down. So, Lord, I want to pray for every person here that just lifted their hand. I want to pray for every person that prayed it that may not have lifted their hand. Lord, you know where each one of us are. I thank you, Father, that you know the deepest, most significant touch that we need right now here today. And I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, come and bring a great touch over every person, especially those who've invited you into their life here today. And we thank you, Father, that you're going to keep on touching us with your grace and your love in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Why don't we give the Lord an applause of praise?